0: welcome to I hey everybody welcome to episode 36 of industry 4 um, I'm joined by everybody today so we have all five of us here on I4 so we have Ryan Irvin Jeff and Kyle what's going on guys good to see you some faces we haven't seen in a while some faces we've seen often <laughs> happy to see you what
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> we in the we words have. of Matt Slavin, we them boys of I.40. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's
0: going to be. I missed the yeah. loyal fan base. I hope that's in our year in review at the end of the year when we do that. I'm excited for that. I but, can cook something up. Yeah. I don't see why it won't be. But regardless, we have a jam packed episode full of tons of news for everybody. So, um, we have some developments with apple um we have some news about some russian hacking um some crypto trading amazon go and some boring flamethrowers for everybody so um but yeah let's get started jumping straight into the news about apple so uh they're adding a new privacy icon to ios and mac os to prevent their icloud password phishing and they must be listening to our episode because we definitely talked about the phishing problems that they've had in earlier episodes. So kudos to uh, Tim Cook for being a subscriber. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, this comes off the wake of um, phishing scams that have come from iOS where it is apparently very easy to generate a um, an email and password field for signing into the iTunes store that is fake, that looks 100% identical to the original pop-up. Um, what do you guys think about this? Them finally kind of putting this at the system level instead of using a very generic pop-up. I think it's a a very
1: good move from Apple's part, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. It was the next logical step. I think, um, just, you know, to put this in there now, it's going to pop up and teach users, Hey, you're going to see this before we ever ask you for your information. So if you don't see this, don't enter your password. Um, when they can, you know, you have people out there trying to compromise your information, who can emulate what Apple uh, prompts so close to what it actually looks like, having something at the system level is definitely necessary.
0: Yeah. And it's a splash screen, too. So it definitely is very transparent in what they're trying to do. And it's um, non it's it comes up in a non reproducible way in any application, which is good. Um, yeah,
2: so there's there's, there's always- two main things. I think the, I mean, obviously, like you touched on, it's any any step to to getting better privacy is always a good step to take. It's a necessary step to take. Um, making sure that your information is protected. Be is obviously great i think the most important part is like you said the splash screen it's they're forcing it upon you instead of just adding it in a detail in the terms of the update so you know what to look for there's no chance that you're going to miss it again it's not like one of those details that like hey look we fixed bugs and like it's like a fifty thousand word explanation in the update all you have to do is click agree it's a big page they let you know up front it's very obvious what it is and that way everybody's on the same page who has their devices
0: yeah yeah and it's nice to see this is coming to both iOS and Mac OS as well. Um, so, anybody, so any of their platforms, they seem to be solving this problem across the board, which is good because I'm pretty sure it's like security one on one to have any kind of information collecting to be done by something that can't be reproduced easily by, an, by a third party application, at least handled at the system level. So this is it's good to see that they're um, handling all that stuff at like I said, at the system level too. um, And I think this says it's going to be coming to users this spring with public betas rolling out sooner. So if anybody is on their beta program, feel free to download and try it out and let us know, see how it is. Cause uh, this also comes with uh, according to this verge article comes with new Animoji um, health records in the health app and, the ability to turn off processor throttling for iPhones with older batteries—that's something that we did talk about, also.
1: Yeah, I actually wanted to comment on that. Um, I have a, a friend his name is Kyle Trainer. Sorry, Kyle. There's another Kyle, but I—I uh, <laughs> I, I told him about that. That there's a—you know—there's an update with um, the ability to changed the, the throttling of performance. And he was previously kind of avoiding updates because when you get an update, it tends to slow down your phone. And he was upset about it. So I said, try it out. And he said, it's night and day. That it, His phone was like slow as molasses before. And then he updated, turned on the setting and now his phone's just like it used to be. Hmm. So... Has there been any reported impact on battery life? Uh, I asked him, to tell me about that and I didn't hear anything. So I'm assuming he's doing okay. Nice. Um, and I have my... So go ahead. Go ahead, <laughs> my assumption was, was that maybe they were changing the setting, assuming everyone's old battery wasn't going to be able to handle the performance. But I think that at least in my case, my battery, I would assume was fine. So maybe when you turn off that throttling, you're not going to see that battery degradation because your battery wasn't so bent out of shape to begin mm-hmm.
3: with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, Apple said that one of the main reasons that they did this, it caused phones to uh, randomly shut down. So if your friend was having that shutdown issue, it could come back after this update. But um, from the sound of it, he didn't have this issue. So I'm curious to see one actually rolls out if people who were having the shutdown issues, then Apple released the update that slows down the phone to prevent the shutdown issues. If they turn it back off now, will those shutdowns become, come back? Right. Well,
1: I, c- I can promise you I'll hear about it if they do. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for <laughs> <sure>. maybe,
2: <laughs> maybe Jeff, maybe you haven't heard from him because his phone died. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: That's, a
3: good
2: point. That's a really good point.
0: <laughs> um, oh, man. Not to jump, too much around in the articles but um the there we have another article that we have about additional ios updates that are coming sooner than spring for um ios 11.2.5 um, this update that we just talked about is 11.3 but um some news that comes out from the newest release from the ios updates is um there's some siri news briefs and home pod support so there are additional changes coming through the pipeline which is nice um and the news reading feature now is no longer limited to their beta testing crowd too. So that's, it's an interesting feature that they're rolling out. So asking, it's kind of like the, um, what is it? The flash briefing. That's the kind of the impression that I got from. Yeah. That's um, what it sounds like. Yeah. The Amazon and flash it's, briefing on the Amazon. and uh, yeah, and it's important to note this is in the U S UK and Australia from, you're able to get them from local sources such as NPR and Washington post And uh, BBC and Sky News in the UK. So um, you can ask for business news or sports news as well. Uh, Business, music, or sports news. I said news, news. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the new news. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's also um, unlocking support for the HomePod speaker, which is an important thing to talk about because it's coming up as well in our discussion. So if you happen to have one, then you're able to transfer all of your account details um, so yeah, it's just something to that, it? yeah. Um, and aside from that, it's, there's some minor other updates that are coming through for Apple TV, the watch Mac OS, but, um, the biggest improvements is just from like high Sierra for security fixes, um, and some meltdown fixes for users who are on Sierra or El Capitan. So, but yeah, um, I just wanted to bring that up before we jumped into the next topic, just because it's related with terms of ios updates uh but yeah homepod (laughs) we have some homepod news coming in yeah so we finally have a date yeah we finally have a date for
3: the homepod uh so the pre-order started this friday um this past friday feb or um i can't even know what the date is to the January, no, January 26th is when okay. the, just so depending on when people are listening to the show. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, January 26th is when the pre-order started. And then the Apple announced that February 9th is when it should start arriving at uh, homes. Um, people have been, certain people got early access, um, I think a week ago, to actually listen to it in a real type living room environment. Uh, a lot of people are praising the sound quality of it. Um, It is a fairly expensive speaker. It was last announced at WWDC this summer, um, and it was delayed. It was supposed to be released by the end of uh, last year, and it was delayed. Apple said they can't ship it at that time, so it's about a month late. Um, Mm -hmm. It seems like. I'm not sure why. They haven't said Apple didn't say why. They just perhaps wanted to get it perfect, Uh, but it won't be launching with certain features, which is interesting. Um, Yeah
2: if i'm not mistaken too doesn't it look different now didn't they change the design no it looks the same as the i could have sworn it looked way larger i mean maybe it's just the size of the picture that we were looking at before apparently for people i felt who, like that thing looks huge
3: yeah so apparently from people who've seen it in person uh it's tinier than you expect uh,
0: yeah they have a picture of it on the article like sitting on a bookshelf yeah it looks tiny yeah like people the home max would probably take up the rest of that remaining shelf space.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, you don't know how big that shelf is. Yeah. There needs to be, a, yeah. someone needs to put a banana next to one so I can that's, see the true scale. It's not a plant next to it. It's a tree. <laughs> yeah. It's a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I, my, I thought the most interesting picture in this article was the internals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this thing's, to this thing's got some serious hardware in it. Yeah. It's such a tiny so, for our listeners and viewers, um, it's got an Apple designed A8 chip, uh, high excursion subwoofer or just a woofer, <laughs> uh, a six microphone array, a seamless, seamless mesh fabric exterior and a seven tweeter array. So thing has got <laughs> a lot of different components inside yeah. of it. Uh, there yeah. was
3: a post on uh, the Reddit subreddit uh, for the, the audio file. Um, one, someone got an early access, uh, look at it from that forum. One of the topper top posts, posters, uh, on that auto, audio file, as, as you might know, audio files are, are people who are quite into high end audio products and his NDA lifted and people have been asking questions, uh, from him about the, um, HomePod and he gave it, uh, quite a high praise. Uh, and then that's coming from, uh, on uh, audio file. So, i'm very interested to see uh, that actually hear what this sounds like um and also i've been following twitter and there's been a lot of complaints that it doesn't offer as much features as perhaps the google home or the amazon echo since siri isn't really there yet and a lot of apple fanboys and big publications have been really defending apple to say this isn't a competitor with the google home and the the amazon echo but i back to i mean a lot of people view may will view it that way i know mm-hmm. apple might not but a lot of people will because it does have siri built into it uh but in apple's eyes i think they're gearing this towards uh audio product first and then it just it does siri just because it can um but it's mainly an audio product high-end yeah. audio right. speaker that's not that's they're not gearing it towards the people who would get an echo or a google home
0: right What what are your also, thoughts on that um, this is very much baked into the walled garden that is Apple products because you need an iPhone or an iPad or an iPod touch to set this speaker up. So that's something that's important and- that for anybody looking to buy one. You need an iOS device in order to set it up. And from the looks of it, you need
3: Apple Music subscription to actually listen to any music. You can't do Spotify on it. You can't do any other music service. You have to use Apple Music.
1: Right. So there's a yeah. specific customer base, like the Apple yes. loyal fans. That are yeah. Use- yeah. People who are very well entrenched in Apple's
0: ecosystem. But um, there is a positive if you are entrenched in this ecosystem, because having first party everything with this product enables Apple to be able to perform some pretty deep searches through their music in order to provide very like accurate information. So there's a part of the article where it's like a little like word graph chart thing. I think you have it on the Twitch stream yeah. right now. Um, that has like, uh, who's the drummer in this song? Um, play the soundtrack to this song, play something new. Um, when was this song recorded? Like, you can ask some pretty detailed questions that I'm not sure if the Google Home would be able to answer on the mm-hmm. fly through, say, like a Spotify app or something. Yeah. So there are advantages if you are in this first party ecosystem. Um, and Something else about the hardware it's important to note is, and you were, this goes back to what you were saying, Urban, about people drawing a parallel between um, the Home Max and this product, is that this does have the room sensing technology that the Google Home Max does. Yep. So they'll be able to adapt its sound based on wherever you put it in the room so it sounds best for that part of your house. So it's a, it's a pretty serious device for fitting in what they said is a 7-inch form factor only seven inches tall I think
2: yeah. wow. and I know you said that someone else you said it was the Google home max has that same feature about the uh, mm-hmm. like the ring the root that still like blows my mind that it's it's such a it's such a cool unique feature to to add to especially with people who are die hard in the sound die hard in the music it's such a like it's you don't really think about how important that is or how much mm-hmm. of a difference that makes until you hear it and it's really yeah. like I mean, if you watch, there's, there's shows on um, Palladia and HBO and you see um, Dave Grohl do a lot of this stuff where uh, I forget it was, I think it was on Palladia. Dave Grohl was meeting up with this one. I pardon, pardon me. I don't remember the producer's name. He has an, a mansion and the only room that isn't a recording studio is his bedroom. Every other room everything is set up a certain way in the room. So he gets a different sound. So the couch is in a certain place where the, the amp is in a certain place. This, mm-hmm. That's how particular you can get about your sound. So the fact that this device can learn your room and make the best sound quality is an amazing step forward for people who are in the music and recording right. and yeah. sound overall. And Definitely.
0: any, any, Any kind of depth into the home theater market where you're looking at things to set up your home theater, like that's all they care about. The seven to one surround sound, getting the speakers in the right spot, Dolby Atmos, like having the correct sound can be a very expensive thing for people who don't have technology like this. And this kind of could create a very nice introductory um, sort of entrance into that kind of an experience where you have um, calibrated sound, depending on where you put it. So, and like there was, um, during the, at least the Google conference, I haven't heard any demos of the home pod, but, um, when they took the Google home max, they took it from the center of the display room and they had like a mock living room set up and they put it in the corner, like on an end table next to a couch or something. And you hear it get real loud for a little bit. And then it just kind of, the sound flattens after a few seconds and then it becomes like a perfect
1: sound again. I they sound were like,
0: there was no
1: difference in quality. Is, is that done, I would assume, by like the microphones inside of this, these devices, they send out signals and wait for them to yep. come back to tell how far the walls are away and things like that. Yeah,
0: so it knows which way to project the majority of its and, sound. And it uses that A8 uh,
3: Apple chip, which was, let me see what the uh, last phone that was in, but that's a phone processor inside of a speaker, Like right? That's a lot yeah. of po- processing power. It was introduced in... A 6 Plus, I think. Yeah, iPhone 6. iPhone 6 is when the A8 first... Like, you have a 6 Plus worth of power inside of a speaker. So So, you use that to do a lot of different things. That
1: was my last phone. (laughs) Yeah. He took your phone and stuffed it into a speaker. <laughs> hey, uh, Thompson, you think you can get your family to get one of these in the living room? I know no. you're having some audio <laughs> debates with them.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, they're still pretty sketched out about having the homes and things <laughs> listening to them all the time. But in terms of Apple being entirely proprietary, mm, <laughs> no. that's a no-go. Yeah, uh, it's a no go. The $50 less than the Google Home Max is nice, but still. Yeah. I know focus on quality, but if you can't have Spotify or Pandora or anything else, you're kind
3: of, I don't know, Apple only. Um, Uh, I hope they add it later, add other services, other music services with software updates later. I really hope that will be (laughs) the case. If not, I don't know how many, I I forget what the last numbers were for the Apple Music subscriptions, but it's not as (laughs) popular as Spotify for sure yet. Yeah,
0: yeah. Also, um, just some notes on privacy, uh, because Apple has always been touted as a proponent of privacy for users. Um, In terms of privacy, similar to the Echo and Home, there's six onboard microphones listening for their wake words, Hey Siri. And they only send info to the server once that's invoked. Um, So it's very similar in how it works. But the difference here is... um, the information is kept completely anonymous, so there's no repository for your requests in the same way. For if you go to like, you have a Google Home, you can go into the Home app and check your My Activity, where it has all of the recordings of every request you've ever made, and you can play them back. You don't get that with this.
1: Yeah. I wonder if that's going to make this like seem less as a smart device because it doesn't like record your pattern, so to speak, or mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not maybe tailored as much to the user. But if it has sources like Wikipedia, I mean, I don't really know if it needs that either. It's going to be interesting to see how it pans out.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how this works out. Um, there's also one thing that I thought was interesting was um, you get much like the Google Home and the Echo, you can tell it to stop listening. Um, but there's no visual cue for that. So there's no way for you to know whether it's actually listening or not. That's one thing I thought was interesting. I figured that Apple would have made that very obvious if you had told it to stop listening by like some like a ring or like an animated display on the top of the screen or something. But there's there's no visual cue, which I thought was interesting. And you have to uh, either touch the top of the HomePod to reactivate it or you have to re-enable it in the Home app. So but just something that was interesting. But yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm going to definitely be keeping an eye out for reviews on this so I can uh, make a better estimate, make a better opinion on it. And hopefully they start showing up in like Best Buys and things like that so you can hear them and actually test them out because it would be nice to listen to the Home Max versus the um, the HomePod. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, sure there's
3: plenty of uh, reviews doing that just to, so we're keeping an eye and see what, the, yeah. what that feedback is.
0: Yeah, I'm curious because the HomePod is a much or the Home Max has a much larger footprint. So I'm curious on the difference of power Mm -hmm. and like raw sound, if this is going to appeal more to people who are looking to just get an entry into it or if it's going to be louder than the Google Home Max.
1: Another um, thing I'm curious to see is how many of these sell, because I know a lot of iOS users who have already gotten echoes because they didn't want to wait for this. So it's going to be interesting to see how that affects sales too. I know Amazon had like a a record sales year at the holiday season because of their devices. Mm -hmm. So we'll see.
3: Yeah. And then we have one more Apple story. I think the Apple also is launching in that beta that Matt was talking about earlier. um, They're going to launch business chat uh, inside of iMessage, uh, which is quite interesting. Um, I know Jeff, you were looking into this, um,
1: before it's it's pretty cool. Um, I am curious to see how this spreads to other, uh, messaging apps as well, but I know Apple's taking some direction where they're trying to add a lot of features to their proprietary iMessage app. Um, so with this one, you'd be able to talk to businesses um, whether that be a person or a bot, I would assume it's a bot, but, um, you can do things like order products or ask questions about products, um, get customer service on, um, maybe an issue you're having or check on a shipment status, things like that. Mm. So you could, for the example, an article here is, you know, chatting with the Lowe's bot and saying, Hey, um, you tell me about the faucets you have and they tell you about them and you say, okay, let me order this one. And I say, okay, let's, we'll go to your, um, I guess it would be Apple pay and you can yeah. mm-hmm. get it delivered to your place tomorrow <laughs> all through a yeah. message. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, I know
3: WhatsApp has been and also other ma- messaging clients that are mainly popular in Asia have been putting like mini apps in their messaging apps. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes them, um, more useful right you can pretty much do everything inside of that one messaging app so this is Apple trying to do uh, something very similar
0: yeah Um, yeah this comes from like Facebook Messenger, Google, Twitter and WhatsApp all launching their own business platforms for stuff like this so it's uh, it's good to see that Apple's jumping in on it and it looks like they're going to be debuting and with like you said 11.3 with some partners including Discover, Hilton Lowe's and Wells Fargo initially. Um, And I guess this leverages, like you said, the Apple Pay payments that they rolled out in iMessage. So um, that would allow a very seamless experience for customers. And I I honestly would not be surprised if you could see something such as Uber taking advantage of this down the line among other, um, like maybe even Uber Eats as well, just like some apps based on delivery services where you don't necessarily need the person's phone number who's calling you for letting, you know, their rides there, right? Like a very anonymous way of doing that. So they don't have your number after the fact. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a nice feature to roll out. And it's, um, it's good to see that Apple's still, they're still playing catch up with other companies, but I mean, they've kind of been playing this ball game their whole lives. So they just kind of wait for something to roll out and then
1: release their own product that later down the line. I'm curious if they're going to get into like Grubhub's market here too, or something where you can chat with Domino's and get a pizza delivered or something yeah. like that. I like the, the pictures they have in the article where it's like, hey, loves you up.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, that's, <laughs>
0: that's
2: Hilton for sure. Yeah. Yo, yo, dog, it's 3 a.m. You got some rooms? <laughs> like, <laughs> I like it, though. It's, and also,
3: I'm wondering if it like you, J- Jeff mentioned you, is it about a real person? I don't I don't know either thing it talks about. Like, I'm very curious yes. if they're actually going to do. Like how can you, if it is a bot, can you fool it or trying to like, what kind of questions are is it limited to if it's a person, then it can figure it out. Then it shouldn't have any issues answering literally any question that you throw at it. But
2: I would think that it would be similar to a lot of like customer service things on websites now where it starts as a bot and simple questions, simple commands that are obvious where it just redirects mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Uh, it, it can handle, but anything beyond that, it alerts a customer service rep and that person takes over the chat. Good point.
3: Mm hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: What happens if you send it gifs
1: or memes? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> trying to it's play pool with one back. It's like
1: <laughs> yeah. trying, to, trying to start a game of pool with Wells Fargo <laughs> or basketball shootout.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, what if that, that? would be even better if the bot just tried to play. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that, that's this could be huge, and it could be uh, good to see. Um, competition in this field because like the business chat thing is becoming very popular among competitors. So, yeah. But uh, to move on to other topics, uh, we have some Chrome updates for Android um, on the other side of the pond. So, Chrome sixty four arrives on Android uh, previ- or prior to any other platform. So, um, it's th- these are some. This is a pretty nice uh, Chrome update from. Uh, what I've been reading on it, and I have downloaded it myself, so I'm one of the users on the initial rollout because this is also available right now on APKMirror. Um, it's going to be rolled out officially to the Play Store over the coming weeks, but uh, this version includes uh, new features designed to make browsing a lot safer. So uh, they have eliminated malicious auto redirects and uh, browsers blocking third-party frames unless you've directly interacted with them. And as well as um, giving you alerts and notifications if um, if a pop up will try to show up on top of your screen from a shady website. And I'm sure that anybody on an Android phone has seen that before you're browsing on Chrome. And then all of a sudden you get this pop up and it's like vibrating your phone and like you have to force quit the app and all that stuff. So um, it's going to be nice to see that they're actually taking this seriously. So um it's so far it's been very smooth and there's also some minor visual updates as well but yeah this is available on apk mirror as well so and anybody have any thoughts on the new chrome update um if they've tried it or if um they have any chance to play with it at all
3: it makes sense that they're rolling it on also on mobile because it's definitely more annoying on mobile than it is on a desktop oh, yeah. computer. Um, and it it does uh, make sense. I I The auto vibrating always like surprisingly, like what the hell is going on?
0: Yeah. And then you have to force close Chrome and then yeah. reopen it and go back to where you were. It's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm also running the 64 and uh, I like it. It's It's been good. I, I don't have a ton of comments on it, but I thought I should note that I also am running it.
0: Yeah, it's been. I've noticed um, that it's been a lot smoother than I've remembered it being. Uh, Sometimes Chrome has slowed down tremendously on my phone in previous releases, and I've noticed just it's much, it's generally a better experience so far. Uh, That could just be placebo knowing what the update contains, but that's just my personal story for that so i i, I
3: switched to uh, the brave browser uh, on android yeah that's um, a good one but i might just switch back just to try this just to see yeah. how it is
2: i uh i don't have a uh, <laughs> android device but i do have a nintendo 64 and i've been running that pretty hard so there you go. <laughs>
1: That's always appreciated. Thompson, do you have uh, sixty version sixty-four yet?
4: No, I don't have version sixty four, still so regular.
0: <laughs> the old school one.
1: He's oh, trying yeah. to find it through all the pop-ups.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still digging. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: That's man. True. But uh in another news to to segue on to a new topic. Um Jeff, there's this uh Russian hack <laughs> by the Dutch that happened. And, and I know you were you were talking about it a little bit on the pre-show, but I don't know if you wanted to hail in this, this new topic.
1: Sure. So okay. um, it came to light, I guess, recently, um, but it's news backdated a couple of years, but it's from 2014. Um, but it's actually the division's called, it's the acronym is AIVD. It's the General Intelligence and Security Service of the Netherlands. So this is for the Dutch um, their domestic intelligence service. They actually hacked into the network of a building um, that was actually housing the hacking group called Cozy Bear, which you might have heard of, um, that eventually hacked the DNC. Um, but basically, this news came to light um, when Cozy Bear was uh, infiltrating U S systems. And since the Dutch had already hacked them, (laughs) they were able to tip off U S intelligence agencies of this. Um, and this one is deep as the Dutch having access to all computer activity, as well as video and audio access to the facility. So they knew exactly who was there and what they were doing and alerted the, U S intelligence agencies. So NSA, uh, CIA and FBI could get involved. Um, (laughs) so you hear all these stories about Russian hacking and you don't ever hear stories about the Dutch hacking. So (laughs) I thought it was pretty cool. Um, (laughs) they kind of come in to save the day. Um, this is going on behind the scenes on a daily basis, I would assume, uh, between countries and, um, I don't know. What do you guys think about this kind of this kind of news?
0: (laughs) I think it's good to know that there are other communities that are fighting back against some of the malicious hackers, um, kind of like white hat hackers, almost fighting back against this kind of these kind of breaches. Um, But it's it's something that's good to note that um, the one of the paragraphs in the article mentions that this was key to the U.S. intelligence attribution of the DNC breach to Russia. Um, and the leaks that have followed, as well as the administration's recalcitrance in accepting the attribution, have made the Dutch intelligence community a little more cautious when it comes to sharing intelligence. Mm-hmm. So, uh, kind of the reaction of the global community has since made them a little more cautious in what they hand out to other intelligence agencies. But it is cool to know that there is this network of uh, communities who are kind of defending each other by hacking back, if you will. It just yeah. it, it, it's like a it's like a callback to the shows where you have the, the hackers and they're like two hacking groups trying to hack each other at the same time. They're like, we the system and you're like getting like flashing lights on your.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is, that's like how I imagined that at first. <laughs> suddenly you're inside the matrix. All of uh, a sudden it's the nineties. Everyone's on CRT <laughs> monitors. <laughs> Jack's there for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I, this is, this is nuts though. Cause they're, they were in there for more than a year, apparently yeah. with access yeah, to crazy. all of this. So kudos.
0: Yeah. Um, it's good to know that there are communities out there that do this. So, Definitely. but yeah, it's, and it, they had, you said they had images of every person who entered the room matching yeah, the whole, against known Russian intelligence agents and officials in the pre-show. So like,
1: yeah, anywhere there's, crazy. anywhere there's surveillance in the building or, or you know, their, their security system that doesn't have access to all of that. So Yeah.
0: They, they said this, the article mentions they had access to the video cameras in a hallway outside the space where the
1: hacking team worked. Yeah, so that's they know which hackers pick their nose and which ones don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got to oh, say, I'm,
4: I'm a little surprised they shared all that information with the US. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because
0: they did it be- at first. It's a, like, yeah. hey, you're getting hacked. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but it, it's also a flag up to the u.s like oh we can see that you're getting hacked too we can see what's on your end as well and so that's yeah. why i can see why they're saying there are a lot more cars these days yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah the recent on the recent, <laughs> hey, by yeah, the way you guys <laughs> might be having some uh issues <laughs> i'm not gonna say why we know that <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, it's, it's 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 good to like uh, with recent news it's not to be unexpected that The intelligence communities around the world have since rolled back being as open to sharing because of how other countries have accepted that information, whether accepting it as truth or false. So it's an important topic to discuss, regardless of what side people are on. But yeah, so um, in other news. There is uh, the app Robinhood adding zero, f- zero fee cryptocurrency trading and tracking, which is big because I know other uh, cryptocurrency fees have been a huge hindrance in the crypto community, community for accepting and dealing with transactions. I know, uh, I, think, I think we reported on this, there was um, Steam rolling back Bitcoin, accepting Bitcoin because the fees were beginning to cost more than the price of the games they were selling. Um, but this is this is big for um, for the cryptocurrency community in general, having the ability to trade without fees.
3: Anyone who's not familiar with what Robin Wood Hood did before uh, this, it was a free uh, app that allowed you to uh, buy and sell stocks uh, with no fee, no, no um, monthly fee at all, no transaction fee, nothing. It's completely, you just download the app and start trading, put some money in the, in the account and just start buying stocks. That's how easy it was. And now they're getting into the crypto game, uh, which is very, very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Coinbase is, has been charging, known to charge 1.5 to 4% in fees in the US, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um and if people can save that, I think Coinbase is going to have a hard time uh mm-hmm. competing with Robinhood. Um and if anybody out there is curious on what how Robinhood actually makes money, um it's they do now have a Robinhood Gold plan which you can play, pay monthly and it gives you several features, one of them in that is gives you access to um after hours trading for if you're buying real uh uh, stocks and it gives you uh, faster access to your money. So let's say you give them $500. You, you typically have to wait on the free account about three to five business days before that amount shows up in the uh, app. And if you pay for the gold account, it shows up immediately and you just start trading. Um, so they take, um, they make money that way. And if also you're not paying for the gold account, if you're just, let's say you buy, you put in 500 bucks and you spend 450 on stocks and you you just have 50 bucks laying in the account they take that money and they they earn interest on it uh, which is kind of interesting um so that's how robin hood makes uh, money i know that i one of my friends john reached out and say is this a scam because he didn't use <laughs> he didn't use robin before so he didn't know right he saw these articles of free crypto training it sounds too good to be true but um i trust Robinhood that that they'll do yeah it's definitely not a scam that they're doing this yeah and uh they let
0: they let you buy and sell uh bitcoin and ethereum so it's and, uh, as of today which was the article was written on the 25th of january mm-hmm. Robinhood lets all users track the price news and set up alerts on those and it says 14 other top crypto coins including litecoin and ripple mm-hmm. so there are um plans to expand and they're adding to this as as the days go by so it is it's cool to see this, that they're kind of operating in, at like a, it says they're adding at a break-even basis and they don't plan on profiting from this functionality for the foreseeable future. Most likely because of the gold tier plan that Urban mentioned, which costs anywhere between $6 and $200 a month, depending on how much you're looking to uh, borrow and trade. Yeah. So. The graph,
1: their graphs look so
0: nice. And
3: futuristic I know, that, the too. theme that they went with <laughs> yeah. is pretty awesome.
1: And, uh, it's, uh, yeah. as, uh, I just opened up the uh, the one year. They, they kind of break it down into what the difference or trend has been in the past 24 hours, week, month, year, and five year. I'm looking at the yeah. one year and you can see that Bitcoin has gone up uh, about $10,665 in the past year. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like, it's, it's, I think it's going to be huge. For crypto market. Um, Absolutely. I'm wondering if there's going to be anything you can do with like what you have other crypto wallets where you can transfer coins between accounts or send it to someone else. If they're going to do anything like that with Robinhood, if it's just taking stake in Bitcoin and then kind of sitting on it and trading it. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you have Bitcoin somewhere else, can you send it to your Robinhood account yeah, now? Yeah, that's interesting.
3: Something? Yeah, I don't think they mentioned that or talked about uh, it.
1: I would think that you'd have to turn it into US dollars and turn I it mean, back into Bitcoin. In
3: theory, you would get have a Robinhood wallet then, right? You would have an well, ad- address, a, a, a Bitcoin address that it stores this money in or does it store it in Robinhood's wallet and you just right. get access to it. That's very interesting Right. to see if what actually... Yes. That's a good question.
1: I guess we'll see. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the beta just to check out what it looks like. So we'll see. I'll, yeah. I'll let you guys know there's what I find a, out.
3: Yeah, there's a waiting list now if you want to sign up. And I think they launch it sometime in February that they're going to officially yeah. launch um, this feature.
0: But One of the cool features that I'm seeing it mentioned in the article is um, in the case of uh, uh, Skyrocket, price or a plummet, you can place limit orders to set the price where you will automatically buy or sell without your, without you interfering at all. Yeah. Which I think is cool.
3: That's a feature from brought over from the stock market uh, side of things which I've done before for buying regular stocks of companies where it's say oh if it hits this uh um price immediately buy like whatever two shares or three shares or whatever
1: yeah. this this is already available to in a lot of other crypto apps or uh markets I guess like Bitrix and Binance both have the same feature um so is it was it Bitrix
0: that just recently got breached no um, there was a there was a, um Bitrix Fairly certain it was. Then, not to derail of the topic, but I thought—I maybe... mean, it's a good conversation. But there
3: has been more and more hacks to these large exchanges, right? Because there's so much money pouring into them that it attracts the hackers, and they invest more, yeah. more time and and trying to
1: uh, uh, coin coin. Sorry, this is Coincheck that you're thinking of. Oh, Coincheck, right, yeah. right? 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 Four hundred yeah. million dollars of uh, was oh stolen God, from yeah. the Coincheck. In NEM currency, I'm not sure which one that is. Uh, There was also
3: recently a uh, Tokyo-based cryptocurrency exchange. Is
0: that? Yeah, it is Coincheck. Yep, that's the one. Yep. Yeah, and uh, just as a as a way to. Go off of this. the The full list of coins you can track on Robinhood is, and I may butcher a couple of them: Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, Ripple, Ethereum Classic, Zcash, Monero, Dash, Stellar, Qtum, Bitcoin Gold, Amizgo, Neo, Lisk, and Dogecoin. Because Dogecoin, <laughs> Dogecoin. <tracking> is incredibly <laughs> important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the everyone's banking on the value of dogecoin to go above 0.01 cents I, the, I creator,
3: the creator the was, creator was was saying on twitter a couple weeks ago i think that it's like he had no idea this would ever t- take off he created it, this as a joke because he seeing yeah. bitcoin right he's like oh anybody can just create a coin so he made dogecoin as a as a prank or, or a joke and now it's literally worth actual money
0: He's Wasn't like, people, a, stop. This was a joke. Yeah.
1: Stop. Weren, weren't we, were we talking about this? Or I'm not sure if it was with you guys, but so, someone was saying like, yeah, we haven't had a software developer on this for like over a year. And now it's getting yeah. attention. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm, I, 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 know I know someone know. earlier
3: on who um, mined some Dogecoin just as a joke. just playing with the Bitcoin currencies. He currently has over 1.5 million Dogecoin. I don't know what that's worth. Let's see. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know what the Dogecoin value is, but
3: um, but if that if takes off, it that like that that skyrockets just like Bitcoin did a while back. Oh my god! Um, yeah, is one point five million.
1: <laughs> yeah, Dogecoins. Yep, that's a good amount of money. Then <laughs> it's worth seven seventy three percent of a cent. <laughs> one Dogecoin. Yeah, that's what it looks like point zero zero seven something US dollars all right let's see
3: 1.5 million I'm gonna Semi set my
1: Robin, Robin the show yeah set my Robinhood
0: at the trade once it hits point zero one yeah it's, it's certainly so eleven eleven thousand dollars
1: yeah that's a good amount of money
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh and he did it really early on like when dogecoin was just like a nothing yeah, like so easy to mine. Like one, one hour you can get like fifty Dogecoin.
0: You should sell so that way he can say that he literally profited from a meme.
1: <laughs> I think I think we all profit from memes, though. We do <laughs> in one way or another. I'm part of the meme economy. My soul profits from memes.
0: <laughs> but um, yeah, so that the Robinhood app that's really promising, and I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Yeah, hundred percent. Stay tuned Um,
1: on the news for that.
0: Hopefully they let you transfer because if so, I'm moving away from Coinbase. So that'd be nice. But yeah, so moving right along, um, Google Bulletin, it's their new local news app. So uh, it's allowing anybody to publish local news stories. So I'm guessing this is done via just news in aggregate from people. Um, So they're currently piloting this in Nashville, Oakland. Nashville and Oakland. I thought there was a third one, but for some reason I, (laughs) Um, but this, this is pretty cool. Um, I could see, hopefully this is something that is not so prone to abuse with the recent news about fake news and um, (laughs) other organizations, publishing, publishing bogus stories. um, But this would be something, this could be big. This could be really, really big. I think it's
1: a nice attempt at them. they, step back, like make it uh, an advance in the social market of tech again. Um, I, I think it's definitely going to get abused unless they moderate it. Uh, and you know, they're, they're pretty good with AI, I'd say, so maybe they can uh, avoid that, <laughs> but, yeah. um, it's going to be interesting. I think the setup is that you kind of have like a feed of your own pictures and posts and messages um, where you create like a story. And then I guess it would aggregate everyone's story in a specific area. Yeah. Um, so
3: if in Nashville, you pull this up and you yeah. see all the Nashville story. People are people to stories that are people posting around Nashville.
1: So this is, um, I guess, off geotags. So like you don't have to be a Nashville resident to participate in this, but it would know if you're in Nashville when you're posting something
3: yeah um it might be to like uh like it what, are, um, what i'm thinking of is like perhaps twitter twitter is used for like checking local stuff like let's say if an earthquake happens right you check twitter to see locally like what uh, i've heard these stories for people who live in california where an earthquake happens it's like did i actually feel an earthquake the first thing that they check is not the news they check twitter of people posting if they felt the same shake or something this could mm-hmm. perhaps replace that if if something is happening Uh, in a town, people can just post on here and they can quickly pull this up and check on that story. And it could be like a live feed from real people on the scene or wherever it might be. They're they're there and they're reporting live, posting pictures, videos of things that are happening. And it could be, yeah, way faster because it's just real people um, posting. You don't have to go through the news uh, team and everything and go on local news because that takes so much time it's more of a hyper
0: local news um, yeah and they do mention some of the examples of things that this could be used for is anything from like bookstore readings and high school sporting events to street closures so yeah. this looks like it's a, a very like wide scope um, aggregate news platform and the and the one thing that I that, that makes me cautious is they, they say it's effortless no setup is required to create a story all you need is a smartphone that's it and then you can publish a story without having to create a blog or a website. Um, yeah. That is where I see the abuse happening. Right.
4: The quality of the stories without any uh, journalistic yeah. prowess. Right. Yeah, that's true.
2: No. <laughs> so this could be, I, I think one of the things you'll see is, um, sorry, Matt. Oh, good for um, it, go for it. I think one of the things you'll see is, uh, is a lot less, local news teams out and about, they will take these streams and use it as their own, whether they get permission to or not. I don't think they're gonna care. Um, I I think it's going to, it's another step in killing the traditional news cycle, killing the traditional news platform. I mean, you already see it happening with sports and normal news stations. You know, it used to be like, hey, it was revolutionary that we had a 24 seven sports channel. And now everyone's like, what's sports center again? I don't even remember what that is. Like it's, I think it's, it's another step closer to doing the same thing for your local news channels. You know, for us in Philadelphia, NBC 10, 6ABC, those teams are, half half the job is done for them already.
4: Right. Seems like it's also an attempt to take a little bit of the newscasting power away from Facebook.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's true. (laughs) Probably that too. (laughs) Yep. But I'm curious to to see how it's going to prioritize stories too, based on like, like views or like how many people have posted about the same topic, what's going to show up as more relevant or interesting. I, I guess it would be filtered or, or sorted based on how recently it's been posted or how many times it's been upvoted or something like that. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, you can, all the kids can find out if they have a two hour delay or the school's closed with snow and stuff. Hey man, that's actually really effective. That's I mean. really,
1: that'd be awesome. <laughs> you remember waiting for those phone calls in the morning? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's like, well, it's two minutes till school starts, but we still got hope. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop> making <lunches>. <laughs> <laughs> We'll do it
0: live. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how this works and like, like what you guys are saying, if they do have some way of, um, prioritizing more credible stories over other stories, like a way of like upvoting or downvoting them or something like that. Um, but yes, uh, go ahead. No. You're about to talk.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, go to the next story. One, one of those news stories that you could publish on that app is when an Amazon go uh, store launches in your city.
0: I was going to say, speaking of lunch, <laughs>
1: speaking of lunch, <laughs> <laughs> was speaking of it, your stomach growling. Uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Did someone say lunch? <laughs> uh,
3: so Amazon released the teaser video quite a while back. I don't even know when it was about yeah. this futuristic store that required no cashiers. You just walk in, pick up an item and leave without ever scanning. And it was just Amazon would just automatically charge you uh, based on exactly what you took. So now that store is real and now we have the first location in seattle's which of course is where the amazon headquarters is currently um and they uh launched this store so you can actually go in you can download that you need to have an amazon account but you don't need prime to use this so uh you uh, go in scan uh uh, your code as you walk in so the store that you're you knows uh, that you're actually uh, in the store. And then you just start browsing, taking stuff off the shelf, putting your backpack, whatever it might be. That doesn't really matter. You don't have to you keep it out in the open. You just take off the shelf and put in your bag. It doesn't have to be visible. Um, and all the uh, items that you're putting in your bag will just automatically be tallied up in, in your cart. And um, you can put that item back on the shelf and it'll be taken out of the cart, and you won't be charged for it, which is kind of very, very interesting. And yeah. they're mostly doing this by using uh, cameras and sensors above uh, where you're walking or the ceiling uh, where it uses um, computer uh, vision to track uh, all of this, to see exactly where you're walking about the store and what you're picking up, what you're putting down and analyzing that. Um, so yeah, uh, one one more job taken by computers as <laughs> cashiers. Yeah, they moved the lines.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested that there's like no actual chips on the dev- like the products or anything that are yeah. tracking. Yeah, um, so they said like, What if you what if you pick up a uh, one type of food and put it back in the wrong spot? Like what happens? Yeah, next? that was yeah. what I was
0: gonna say. Yeah, it, I was yeah. Saying, uh, maybe, so
1: it keeps track of
3: it so right now they're not initially they said they were going to use something rfid chips but right now they're not so they're purely doing this via just vision um so it knows what the item looks like right it knows what it looks like so it tracks it and sees okay this is what put back on the shelf it doesn't have to be the right shelf it just puts it back and that gets taken out
1: I wonder if you can get kicked out of the store if you go in and like reorganize their food in the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) I I was thinking like as a, not to divert from the actual seriousness of the article, but I I would go in the store and kind of like look left and right a couple of times and put something in my bag just for fun. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they were saying like, they had to remind people all the time, like, just leave, like, don't, (laughs) uh, don't attempt to pay for this in any way. They're like, literally grab it and just go, just leave, just go. We don't want you here anymore. But they've managed to take the line from the cash register and move it to outside the store (laughs) to get in. Because now apparently anytime you go there, there's just a big line of people waiting to go and try this out for themselves. Yeah. And you might be
3: thinking, what happens if the the vision system gets it wrong? Right. You get either they don't charge you for um, something that you actually picked up or they uh, charge or they um, charge you for something that. Um, you actually picked up or put down or you never actually picked up. Uh, right now they're doing it by uh, honor system. So if you want to report that if they actually uh, they forgot to charge you for something. If you want to report it, you can, and then you can pay for it. If not, then it, they just won't charge you for it. They don't really care at this point. This is just a beta product. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just still testing it. So they would love to see that feedback, I'm assuming, to say, "Yeah, you guys actually never charged me for this. I actually put it, picked it up and put it in my bag. Um, I'm, I'm sure that's very useful information to Amazon right now to perhaps train your system better, to see where it went wrong, why you can actually detect it. But right now, that doesn't... And you can report if you want, but you don't have to. So you can just, if, it, if the system messes up, you just free take all the free stuff that it forgot to track.
0: Yeah. And this looks like it's more of a, a convenience store than it yes. is like a grocery store. Most of it looks like it's prepackaged meals and stuff that's easy to track, like alcohol and other things like that, um, like pre-made sandwiches, salads. Um, but like, it would be much more difficult, I think, to implement this with something such as... like produce or like a yeah. like a deli or something like that where you need measurements in order to know how much you're paying for it right yeah. instead of a pre-packaged thing that would be the next step and i'm assuming that's where they would implement like someone would give you like something with a q a code or like a qr code or an id with like the weight and how much of it you're buying Yeah, Yeah. this could be useful for
3: lunch if you just walk in. It's like, I just want a sandwich and a a drink and just pick it up and walk out. You're
1: done. That's it. To talk to anyone, just skip the line and just, yep, I'm done. As long as Mm -hmm. the walking in part's quick. I think Matt was talking about that earlier. (laughs) Yeah, there's been like lines around the
0: corner apparently to get into this place. So. So if um, there's okay. lines, doesn't that mean there's a limited number of people that can be in the store at any time? Yeah, I'm guessing it's more right. for like a fire hazard than it is. Uh, no,
3: it is technology. There's a technological oh. limit right now of how many people can actually be in the store. They're working on increasing it. But, yeah, right now there is a limit. I don't know what that limit is right now, but I know. Five.
4: <laughs> no, it's, it's, definitely, just out there.
3: <laughs> it's definitely more than five. Uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, there's a technological limit right now. But it's still in beta, right? They're testing it. At this very first store. I think they said that okay. the plan is to roll it out in uh, Whole Foods locations uh, more and more, which was quite
1: interesting. Do what you guys, um, is this going to be a 24-hour store, do you think?
0: I mean, it should logically be, it could be, they just need to keep the power on overnight. Really? But um, one thing that I could see this uh, when they roll this out, I could very easily see grocery stores adopting this for their alcohol section in whole foods. So like the little tiny beer section, which is closed off from the rest of the store and enclosed in a small area. It's a very easy place to monitor. And I could very, like I said, I could very easily see this being done and, Field tested in Whole Foods alcohol yeah. sections.
3: They have that. They have an alcohol section in this Amazon Go store, and there's mm-hmm. actually a person before you walk in that checks your ID. Um, yeah. for if you yeah. actually picked it up because you can't like how would you know that person is over 21 you really mm-hmm. can't I don't know yeah. if vision technology is that uh, good yet that it can tell the person's age yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it can check cool versus
0: if- licensed database
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, do some face quality.
1: tracking yeah
3: and
0: monitors the age on your Amazon yeah. account shines a spotlight on people who are on 21 like don't <laughs> <watch him leave."
2: laughs> uh, yeah Kyle, Kyle go ahead it yeah, said so that there's a there's one guy checking IDs for the alcohol section. And then there's a few other employees that walk around and just put stuff back in the right place. So they reorganize the food for you when you put it away. Yeah. yeah. The
3: and then there, you still need people to like restock the shelves and stuff. Cause yeah, if you run out of something, you need to put stuff. But mm-hmm.
1: for now, for now, yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could see it definitely having like, you know, a system where the cereal box comes onto the shelf and slides in. <laughs> Robot arm
0: just puts it. Yeah. And uh, one of the the cool uses that we haven't talked about yet for this place is something that the, they mentioned towards the end of the article. Uh, they were saying that there's um, there's no immediate plans for rolling out additional ghost stores, but um, the it's they're going to have plenty of data with which to uh, at like figure out how they'll roll out this process again, which is important to note. Um, that this is giving them real life data with actual customers coming in that, that aren't Amazon employees, yeah. so they're gonna the next store is I'm assuming is going to be much more seamless and streamlined. And that was towards the the last um, the last paragraph. Yeah. So, also but, this
3: makes yeah. more sense since Amazon bought Whole Foods. I don't think when they initially released the video of the store, and they didn't that wasn't official yet were in Whole Foods mm-hmm. bought Amazon, or the other way around? Amazon bought Whole Foods, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so that this play now makes more sense, right? Yeah. Now they have an actual. If they want to roll out this wider, they don't have to build stores. They already have.
0: They yeah. already have them. They just need to install the tech. That right. Needs it. can you imagine if they can just get this down to like robots where like the robots put stuff back where they belong and like walk around scanning all the shelves for like out of place products and they
1: they have that they have
3: have that tech in their warehouses right now that most of the the items that get picked out from the uh, warehouse uh, is done by robots not humans yeah
0: what is this but a public food warehouse (laughs) yeah right (laughs) All the stuff is marked and it's all got a set location. So it's, I'd imagine
1: it'd be fairly easy to automate. Now, can you get a wholesale price? That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> that would Probably, be nice. Eventually. Factory prices. They'd be,
4: they'd be aiming at a pharmacies in the future.
1: Yeah. We, t- I think we covered yeah. in a previous episode that they're going after certain pharmaceutical licenses in various states. I know they vary from like, um, like certain, uh items that would be used for like like inhalers or something like that versus like uh pill form medicine but i think i think it was urban is looking it up and there's like Tylenol available online already
3: mm-hmm. so
1: you know they're, they're already <laughs> going towards like the prescription market i could definitely see them uh, Outdoing CVS, like we talked about in the previous episode. <laughs>
3: um, yeah. So uh, one thing you cannot buy at the Amazon ghost store is a flamethrower. But Elon <laughs> Elon Elon Musk has that covered for you. So yes. if you ever wanted to own a flamethrower, uh, you can now go to the boring company's website and you can pre-order an actual flamethrower for five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Elon, uh, was teasing about this and I thought it was a complete joke. Uh, so he, he launched the boring hat, which I have is somewhere over there. I should have worn it, uh, today. Uh, but, uh, he had the boring hat. They sold 50,000 hats for 20 bucks each, which is just ridiculous. Um, and then he said, once we have 50,000, we're going to sell a flamethrower. Um, and everybody on Twitter is like, yeah, Okay. <laughs> This is funny funny joke Elon and now it's actually a thing so now you can go online and uh, buy or pre-order this, uh, this uh, flamethrower. He was live tweeting last night and the last I thing saw that I saw was I think 2000, 2000 pre-orders so far <laughs> oh uh, <my> God. of, <laughs> of <a> flamethrower. <laughs> I don't feel safe with all those people actually owning a flamethrower.
0: Um, well, one of the could, important this things could be very dangerous. Yeah, one of the important things to notice this uh, this basically matches the exact functionality of a glorified like fifty dollar blowtorch. That's the important thing to note. that not a liquid based flamethrower; it's propane based. So don't expect this to be don't expect to be torching people from twenty plus feet away. You <laughs> need to get pretty close to them from at least the videos that we've
1: seen on Twitter from the, the boring company itself. So I was actually
3: was
1: I, I was quite startled letter. by how close they were to each other. <laughs> like, yeah, the pictures yeah. they have up there are like five feet away from each other, yeah. shooting flames at each other. It is quite literally a boring
0: flamethrower.
2: Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part is that they're they're also upselling you uh for a thirty dollar fire extinguisher. Yes, case, it? Yeah. yes but I it co- it funny. has a boring sticker on it, so it's I like totally that- worth thirty dollars. On the site, it admits. It's like, this is way more than you will pay for a fire extinguisher at other places. But it's got a sticker on it, so. They don't even give you a picture, too. So It's probably
0: boring, also.
3: Yeah. So, (laughs) this entire thing is sort of based off of... uh, uh, It's all a Space ball reference. I think the entire... Every company that that elon makes is just a space ball reference because he's a huge fan because there's plaid mode in the car or ludicrous mode and then now they're doing plaid mode in the cars in the new roadster um that's a reference to space balls um and now so is this so in space balls there's a scene where they're selling merchandise right and they're uh and, and this flamethrower comes up as one of the merchandise that they're selling. and then that's yeah. where this come from. So it's all reference. He didn't just come up with this idea uh, <laughs> randomly, he, there's a, a backstory behind it. Um, so,
4: so do they have the uh, boring company toilet paper yet?
3: Not yet. Not yet. I, I'm <laughs> sure that's coming. I'm sure that's coming. I'm, I'm really tempted to get this, but I don't. Also, don't want to burn my house
0: well, down. You know, there's a uh, there's a very uh, practical use for this for anybody living in the Northeast. Um, you could use this to melt snow on your driveway if you really wanted to. Who yeah. <laughs> yeah. needs shovels so, when you can just walk outside with a flamethrower? Yeah. That's a really good
1: idea. Yeah. <laughs> your driveway. Melt the snow to the flamethrower so it could re-solidify the ice instead. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you, that's, some, that's implying heroes. you stop
2: using the flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of and then instead of uh, having all the little kids running around the neighborhood getting paid to shovel, you will walk up to your neighbors and demand that they pay you to, to flamethrower their snow. You don't ask, you tell them. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm going to flamethrower the snow off of your driveway
0: and
1: you're going to pay- <laughs> yeah, You will give me $50. You're going to help me pay off this flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that this is like
0: just barely legal, like. It's technically not a flamethrower. It's about as much of a flamethrower as Tesla's autopilot is true autopilot. So that's an important parallel to draw here. You're not actually yeah. getting a, a flamethrower. You're getting it's going to go at most three or four feet in front of mm-hmm. the flamethrower. Yeah, the it, uh, official ATF uh, rules
3: dedicate that it must be less than 10 feet before it's actually called. a Yeah,
0: and it can't be. And this is propane based. This isn't liquid based. So.
3: I um, <laughs> yeah. did his research. Well, I mean, you have to, if you're selling literally an object that shoots out flames to the public, I mean, you better do your research or you definitely will get in a lot of trouble.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so you also, it, put, go ahead. What you're saying is like, it's, it's a little, it's a little bit better than my can of Axe body spray and a lighter. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Just a little bit
0: better. Oh memories.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I could see this being with the recent uh, legalization of recreational marijuana in California. I could see this being bought by some of the people who would take part in that as a very interesting lighter for. Oh
2: in
0: the back.
3: <laughs> that that so, just sounds really dangerous. Yeah. Also, people with beards like Kyle's can't use it because it just no. burned the entire thing off. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: like, hey, you got do the light. I got this. Pulls out thrower. He also
3: posted a video where he's running the cameraman with, <laughs> yeah. with the flamethrower and the cameraman freaks out and just runs back. <laughs> oh, man. I really hope people don't get injured by buying these and
1: using them foolishly in their house, but. Um, or else you might get burned. Like you might get burned by ISPs for throttling yes. your service. <laughs> How's that for a transition? Oh man! <laughs> I like how uh,
0: I like their little warnings that they give on the pre-order page for this. The bottom one says, "May not be used on boring company decorative lacquered hay bales or boring company dockside munitions warehouses." <laughs> what? You can't use this in a dockside munitions warehouse. It's a bad idea. <laughs> And you also can't use it on their lacquered hay bales either. Yeah. That's funny. Lacquered and flames don't don't aren't friends. Yeah. Before shipping, aspiring flamethrower aficionados will be sent a a terms and conditions rhyme for review and acceptance. (laughs) A rhyme. (laughs) Yes. International customers can receive a full refund if they're not happy with the fees. Um, Because I'm assuming this could even be stuff at the border just seized because (laughs) it's probably illegal to ship people flamethrowers around the world.
3: So, um, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> but Jeff already made that transition. So I don't know what <laughs> transition to the next story. So yeah. Yeah. You
1: want to so, lead it off Jeff? Sure. <laughs> a couple, a couple minutes later. Uh, <laughs> so New York is looking like it's the second state to be putting in um, regulations where they're trying to kind of um, enforce net neutrality in their state. Um, and this is based off the fact that from what the article says, it's part uh, by Ars Technica that, um, the ISPs would be disqualified from obtaining state contracts if they block throttle or prioritize internet content or applications or require that end users pay different or higher rates to access specific types of content or applications. Yep. So this is New York, um, they're kind of, uh, going past what Montana, um, had previously done, but they're, those are two States that are trying to put in, um, their own kind of rules to go against what the FCC is trying to do. Mm
3: -hmm. Which that, 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 when natural charlie was overruled by, or yeah, by FCC that specifically prohibit, uh, doing that, right? States can't. It says that specifically states can't create their own uh, regulations around this. And and both Montana and now New York are are going against that. And they're really, (laughs) I guess, breaking the rules, breaking the law. By doing this, because it goes against what the FCC has ruled that that states can't do this.
1: Mm. And speaking of law, just I think we talked about this uh, before too. But there are 22 attorney generals suing the FCC, <laughs> which means yeah. that there's 20. I think isn't that 22 states? Isn't that what that means? Um, I'm
0: not sure how that how the jurisdiction of attorney.
1: Yeah, it's 20 uh, works, 20 sure. 21 states and the District of Columbia are also in the FCC.
0: Yeah, and a, yeah, it's pending uh, in several states. Um, I'm curious to see if any more states jump on this boat because it's something that is important, and I think that um, it's, I'm definitely going to be following this closely for sure.
4: Yeah, I, I kind of want to give a shout out to Montana for being a <laughs> trendsetter here out of nowhere. I didn't know there was such yeah. internet aficionados. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um... Yeah, I guess Montana had done the same thing about a week ago. Uh, I think we talked about that a little bit, too. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Well, a lot of those Midwestern states
0: already only have one ISP provider um, in their state. So that's not surprising that they're uh, kind of looking at this as a way to prevent a monopoly from forming within within their state. So in some ways, it could be in their best interest to do this policy to defend uh, competition in their state through legislature,
1: including so, uh, th- what was there's something, some buzz about uh, a state internet service provider too, or something like that. Do you guys hear about this? It was like yeah. a, instead of like a, your Comcast or Verizon, there was like a state run internet service, I think yeah. in, was that colorado or where was that um they're popping up everywhere
3: i don't mm-hmm. know the specific one that they're uh referring to but the municipal wa- uh municipal internet uh is popping up everywhere and i think p- people wanna and it's run their own basically be their own isp or lo- local isp so let's say philly wants to make their own isp it might be hard for a big city like that but could go through all the buildings but that's a bad example but um yeah philly's wanna- kind of got a and that
0: Comcast has a chokehold in the city. So
3: yeah, but <laughs> you can just run your own cables. You can get 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 the city to to pay for, uh get some money from the city to perhaps pay for it. if you want to run your own local um internet um and bypass all the ISPs that are already there. You can definitely do that. Yeah. And people have been doing it. And that's a one way to preserve natural reality, right? Because that control you control the rules. The community controls the rules because it's community owned. It's Absolutely. Not owned by a have, bigger corporation.
1: You have people who complain about Comcast customer service. So I wonder how much worse it would be if it was state customer service. <laughs> 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 I don't know. We'll I don't know. I guess
0: if it's anything. Yeah, if I think com, you have to, you have to have a really bad customer service if you're going to top Comcast's customer service. <laughs> so I would be very impressed if someone managed to get worse than that. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's this is this is good news. I'm really happy to hear that they're going through with this. Hopefully, Pennsylvania follows suit. But like I said, I'm going to definitely keep an eye on this to see which states go through with this. But. As for us, I don't know if you guys have anything else you wanted to bring up about this, but um, I think that brings about the end of the episode. We can start doing the show notes or the show plugs. All right. I'll take that as a resounding all set. (laughs) Um, So as for us, you can find us on any of the available social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anywhere, really. Um, And we post semi-frequently to Facebook and those various social medias. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Industry 40 all spelled out um, in any of the other platforms. Generally, just typing in the name of the podcast will get you the, the correct link. But um, feel free to leave us a review on one of iTunes or Google Play. We stream to both of those platforms, plus any other number of um, your favorite podcatcher apps that carry an RSS feed. So you can find us on basically anywhere Um, and feel free to leave us a review because we love reading the reviews and learning about what we did wrong, what we did right ways we can improve on our stuff. And I know we have a couple of iTunes reviews, not anything relatively recent, but um, it, it helps us. It makes us better. So, and plus we like reading the reviews. So, and you're welcome to leave us some Facebook reviews also, but um, as for that, uh, I know you guys have other things you're working on. Um, you guys want to talk about any of the stuff you're working on? I know, Urban and uh, Ryan, you guys just recently went out and did some uh, nice photography. So I don't know if you guys wanted to talk about that at
1: all.
3: Yeah, if you, uh, we're gonna be posting some cool pictures we went in the city yesterday. Um, get some cool shots, and uh, we'll be posting those on. All the social media, but mainly for me, Instagram. If you want to check it out, go to Instagram.com slash Irvin.Lucas um, and check those out. Look, Be able to look out for those. Go take some cool time lapses and, and cool shots of the city. Um, it was definitely fun yesterday. Yeah, exciting
1: stuff. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Anything you got working on? <laughs> Not currently. Maybe when I return to base for a little while. Um, but I... Uh, I can plug my SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, You could find me at soundcloud.com slash the J bones. I have some beats that I made in the past up there and the intro and outro music for our episodes are beats that I made myself.
0: Nice. All right. Um, Kyle, anything you wanted to talk about?
2: There we go. Nothing. Nothing at the moment. Um, uh, stay tuned, though. Uh, working on putting together a couple uh, podcasts, going to reinvigorate the wrestling podcast world uh, with another podcast uh, since the other one slowed down and possibly dabbling into sports as well. So stay tuned. I'll give you guys something. Very cool. Awesome. Cool.
0: Um, as for going back to us for just a brief moment before we close out, uh, they As a heads up, there is not going to be an Afro Explains this week, just as a heads up. Uh, We don't want to force any topics if we don't have anything big in the news. So just as a as an FYI and a PSA to our listeners, um, what to look out for.
1: (laughs) FYI, LOL. FYI, LOL, PSA, (laughs)
0: BTW. But uh, yeah, that's I think that's the end of the episode. So thanks for listening, guys, and I'll see you guys in the next one.